0: My daughter went for a worship talk. And at the worship talk, they told the story of Ellen White and her prophecies. However, the way the story was told, it seemed at least to this elementary school student that it was a rock thrown at Ellen White that somehow tuned her senses to God. The broken nose, to my daughter, in some way made Ellen White more receptive to hearing God's calling. Similarly to how this story was told to her, our telling of prophet stories are sometimes way over-dramatized. Maybe in talking about prophets, we should be asking ourselves serious questions about the message that God is trying to portray. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School, you. Welcome to this study on Jeremiah. This is this is like one of my favorite books because this is the one where blues comes alive in Scripture, for people that know about blues. But to help us through the study, I've got three
1: hosts, one new one. So we will start with intros today. All right. My name is Mark Siggy. I'm just glad to be here today. Siggy. Yes. You know what? As long as I've known you, I've never known how to pronounce it. Like well, well, I've so had side juice, side, side
0: juice? sig,
2: side juice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to call you side Juice for some reason right now. <laughs> so and, cool. right, and you are from the area? I live in Frederick now. Cool. I used to be around in Beltsville area, but now I've moved to Frederick. And he's a musician, so we can talk about blues here. Uh, I don't
0: know. Music committee. Kati. Hmm. Catherine, I'm sorry.
2: Um, I am Gabi Britton. Uh, for those that can't pronounce Gabi, it's Catherine.
3: Catherine? Kat- yeah, and that's it. And I'm Michael Martel. And you're going to take us
0: through this whole quarter on Jeremiah. If you could, Mark, since you're the newbie, if you could
1: read scripture and pray first, please. Sure, I can do that. It's in Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for the story of Jeremiah. Sometimes when we just read over it, feels like it's a depressing story but there's so much message of love and care that you have for us in jeremiah's life and so as we talk about um, his experience and the message that you have for us we pray for your inspiration and the holy spirit to be upon us in jesus name amen Amen. i love this book um
0: it's like one of the things I always try to do when I'm, when I'm producing programs and, and music shows, I'm trying to get somebody to write a good blues song. And every time I say, well, Can you write a blues song? I'm like, blues, we're supposed to talk about happy, happy stuff. But you got the book of Jeremiah. You got Lamentations. You've got to have that nice feel to it. But it's hard to find that. But Jeremiah here, um, what do you know about Jeremiah?
2: It seems. So much and so little time. <laughs> <clears throat> um, it just seems that he was called out from the beginning called out how? just he was appointed from the very beginning like that he was going to be a prophet
3: we also know that he comes from a line of greatness it it seems in the bible when they're talking about his lineage he's coming from a line of well-respected uh... prophets and looks like kings i think of jeremiah as like a superhero you know he wears his underwear on the outside
1: well, not that superhero, <laughs> but he's he's willing to be behind the scenes to step in when it's really broken or things are tough, that kind of thing. And realizing that even after he goes through all of this, there's going to be more pain, more struggle, and challenges, type of thing. And he was just willing to do it anyway. Do you think he knew that things were going to be bad for him? I, you know, especially the background of what was happening right before he really was working as a prophet, there was a lot of things happening already between kings, just, you know, in the, the context of where he was and the people that was... And so I think he had an idea of what was going to happen once he stepped into that prophet
3: role full-time. Yeah, I think, I think based on what you're saying as well as in, in the lesson, this time period was a time period where, you know, this is the type of council these folks relied on. The Council of the Prophets, and knowing that there was a lack of spirituality in these nations, if you're called to to participate in this type of interaction as a spiritual leader, you know there's going to be some some um, lashback, mm-hmm. and and he had to have known it would not have been it would not have been an easy thing to interact with. I don't know how someone prepares for something like that. But you got to keep in mind, that at that time, you had. You, all, you had prophets. It's not, it's not like he was
0: the only prophet that suddenly came out of nowhere.
3: Absolutely. But, so, like, in, in, in the context of where he's coming from, he's seen what prophets go through. He's seen the backlash that they've encountered when trying to minister to an unholy people. So when, when being called, based on what the lesson is telling us, he, he knew what it. he was nope. getting into. And not necessarily nope. was ready to jump right into it the way... But then
0: why, why Jeremiah? I mean, if there
3: were so many other prophets, why Jeremiah? In uh, Jeremiah 1, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it talks about how God called him from the womb. He was chosen from the very point of inception. And so, you know, I I think when God calls us, he knows what our purpose is going to be. He knows the tenacity that we'll need to make it through whatever he's called us to do. And so we may not be aware of what that is going to be or what that looks like, but can you imagine having to come to terms with that realization, knowing once it's revealed that you're called, mm-hmm. what you'll have to face, and knowing that you'll get through it. I don't know how you reconcile that those two things in, in your mind when you're having to make that decision. But I'm, to not do, sh- I'm, to do. I'm not sure if he knew when he was a child that he was going to be a
1: prophet. But he knew the family context, you know, the, the, the people around him. And, and he... I believe that he, as he was growing up, he had that passion for loving Jesus. He, 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 God was, was in his life, right? And, and sometimes God calls people who may not be skilled, but those who have the character and those who are willing to, to work for him or to be his servants. And, and I, I see Jeremiah in that context because he has to know what was coming Absolutely. by getting into this role as a prophet. I mean, he may not know exactly who he was going to serve or or the master or the king that he was going to be confronting or the kind of people that he would be dealing with, but he must have known based on the prophets around him already and the family um, that he belonged to, mm-hmm. um, what it was going to be like. Hmm. So, but his family weren't prophets. No, but he also had um, individuals who were already prophets, that right. he he saw. Mm-hmm. So he, he might not have been, you know, in the courts, you know, really knowing what goes on, but when prophets were calling people's attention or, like, you know, telling them, hey, you need to change, he knew those weren't easy situations. He has had to know what it was going to be like. Mm-hmm. So what do you think were some of his challenges? Speech?
2: I think that pressure, like... Even, like you said, even, I mean, it's a good thing that he kind of was appointed from the very beginning and he knew that it was coming, but when you know it's coming, don't you feel a kind of, I know that if I were appointed from the very beginning, I would feel the sense of pressure, um, sense of like, oh, I, you know, I can't mess up, I can't do things a certain way. Um,
0: but he didn't know that till he was older. I mean, he, he, while he was growing up, he didn't have that pressure of knowing. I'm a prophet. He just knew he was a priest. I'm not that I'm not devaluing devaluing priests in any way. He,
2: well, it's still a sense of pressure right.
3: to being the pastor's kid. Yeah,
2: yeah right. I mean to yeah. to be a set of example like
3: the thing is when you're growing up in that type of environment if you're paying attention, I think you are familiar with what people will face in those roles so even being associated with a family that has individuals in those contexts there is there is a you know a knowledge there is an awareness of what that comes with and i think that gives a certain amount of pressure or a certain amount of anxiety and then when you are called having to now face that yeah Uh, english is not my first language
1: you know and so when i have to have a conversation or be on camera or you know like everything I say has a rewind type of option where it's like, what did he say there really? Or did his accent really just show up there? That's kind of a pressure, you know? And when you come into an environment where you don't have a notebook, you have a message from the Lord, you have to say it, and you're not sure how they're going to take it, whether they're going to say, oh, you know what? Thank you so much for reminding me of that. Or what did you just say? You know, I mean, that's got to be some kind of weight uh, leading into that moment, you know. Yeah. So what, what did he just say? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> right. There's a rewind <laughs> option somewhere here, you know. Yeah,
0: I, I, I totally understand what you're saying about the whole rewind option. Um, if we're looking at if you're looking at Je- Jeremiah, and you just brought up an interesting point of what how people perceived him. Now, we're talking we were talking about how he felt his calling. But how do you know who's a prophet? Just because somebody comes up and says, well, the good Lord told me. And then you can quote. I mean, there are so many people out there that can quote scripture left, right, and center. And then sell you a used car as soon as you get out of church. (laughs) You know, how do you know who the prophet is? Because a lot of times we gravitate to people who say things that we like to hear. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm Okay. I kind of, this is a very, I've, I've struggled with this for a while. Because I know that God God appoints everyone to, you know, do His work and uh, bring people to the feet of Jesus. However, for me, and I would like to be corrected if I'm wrong, but is there a difference between being a prophet and being just really wise and God, like, having a communication, uh, like, contact with God to the point where you don't necessarily like you're so in touch with God that everything you say and everything you do is you know sent from his lips is sent from his word um, versus being a prophet. I've struggled with that a lot because I feel like I'm I'm never gonna follow a prophet. I'm gonna follow Jesus so that's that's hear, not really a struggle s- I but I don't I don't there. know the and difference
3: I think I think there's there is the gift of prophecy mm-hmm. that people, can obtain through and connection. And that's
2: my question. What is that? Yeah, and, Cause and, I don't...
3: and the thing is, is so the way I, I interpret your question, because it, it's manifested in my, my my questioning as well, not everyone who receives the gift of prophecy will be the mantle piece or the mouthpiece for that prophetic time period or whatever it is. They, not everyone will be the figurehead for that specific message. So, you know, I've Come in contact with people throughout the years who are—they have such a deep spiritual connection. They will minister to me in a way where I'm like, "Wow, that is truly a word from the Lord." And you know, how could they have known this? How could that counsel have been given to them to share with me at this point in time yeah, or isn't to that someone else?
2: Of prophecy and as well. And very I think, I well, we're looking, be. we're
0: looking at two different things. Then we're looking at ministering, mm-hmm. which is what we usually in our world today we have people who minister to us Mm -hmm. and then you have prophets who tell us about things to come and Mm -hmm. tell us here's a situation here's here's a consequence if you do not change like when Jonah goes to Nineveh he says here's a here's a prophecy that I've been sent I didn't want to come here
3: but here's a prophecy for you of things that will happen and they change and am using that term simultaneously ministering meaning speaking a word to me that I need to hear. And I think that's what prophets were doing in that time. They were speaking to the people about their wrongdoing or about the ways in which they should, they should be living or how they should come back to God. This was a ministering to the people that I think that we, in our questioning, were trying to determine, okay, what separates a person who has that gift of prophecy from you know, an individual who has been recognized as a prophet and you know, that well, from
2: it. what, he, sorry, from what right. he's saying, you make it sound like it's a person that's going to tell you what's going to happen in the future, or that you, you know can tell you, oh, if you do this, this is going to happen, or if you do this, it's, this is going to I don't think it's happen. individual,
0: I think it's more uh, the collective body. Right. You don't have, I mean, you do have prophets that went specifically to an oh, individual. Oh, no, no, I, but, I meant in general. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So, is that what clear. is that what defines? A prophet? A
0: prophet who gives you a prophecy? Uh, Go ahead, Mark.
1: I, I think you know it, it becomes a question because there is no prominent prophet in our times. You know, that I, at least in my generation, that I see clearly, there's a prophet there. You know, that's been called and all full time. They're just prophesying kind of thing. But historically, as well as today, I believe uh, there are certain qualifications that we can test a prophet. Mm-hmm. Uh, scripture would say, prophets prophesy. Okay, so they will, they will prophesy about things to come, and they're actually accurate, not general statements like, You will be rich in the future. <laughs> the you sun will rise. Sun, rise. rise. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff, right? No, right. no, I right. mean, I'm, I'm not talking about that. Right. I'm talking about not a certain fortune thing. teller. Right, right, not a fortune teller. Okay. Um, they live a lifestyle that upholds the Ten Commandments and what God calls us to do. When they have prophecies, there are certain physical changes that happens to uh, to the prophet themselves okay. while they are receiving the vision or while they are receiving the message from God. Something that's not normal happens, all right? Um, and, and, and this is one of the uh, determining factors because I cringe when people say, you know, God spoke with me. I'm not disqualifying that God speaks to all of us when he chooses to, and and he speaks to us through scripture. But, you know, there are times when people just say, yeah, I'm not going to do that because I had a talk with God last night and it was very clear, you know. And then as you're listening, you're almost sure that that was not God talking, you (laughs) know, based on what they were saying. So, and and then on top of that, but there are fruits.
2: Who are you to say that that's, no. The based on scripture. Oh, okay, yes. okay, okay. I mean, okay. So we're scripture. basing
1: it on how scripture describes or tells us about how the prophets okay. um, live well, their life, and by love. their fruits you shall know it. Mm-hmm. A, a prophet of God will never contradict his message. Mm-hmm. A prophet of God will never contradict God's love. Will never test God's uh, message against itself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always in tune. So if if we go through those. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident to say, okay, there's a prophet of God, you know, versus somebody who just comes and says, I had a vision last night, and this congregation is going to hell because, you know, that kind of stuff. I'd well. be more little a little, a little concerned. Hell, then, right, right. right. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I think here's,
0: here's what we fail to see is words, words like prophets and prophecy over the years, it, the devil does have a very um, subtle way of changing it and changing the meaning so we don't, or, or devaluing the meaning of the word prophet. So right now, like Mark said, people come and say, well, the Lord spoke to me, and he said this, this, and this. And we get used to this whole, the Lord spoke to me. So everybody now is, not, is just the same. Mm-hmm. Prophets were called at a specific time for a specific purpose, and usually had a message that was very consistent with Scripture. Mm-hmm. But every time the prophets came to speak to his own people, and this is what I get. I mean, I'm, this is the, my initial question is, we talked about Jeremiah, but it must have been hard because he was the only one that was almost saying things that all the other prophets weren't saying. Mm-hmm. All the other prophets were like, oh, yes, king, oh, yeah, whatever go you'd it. go with, stay with Egypt. Yes, Babylon is somebody we shouldn't go with. Jeremiah was saying, no, Babylon is somebody you just give in to because this is what the Lord says. How do you tell who the prophet is and who the person is just wants to kiss up to work their career up? Because right now when you look at any corporate church structure, it's about how to get the next job. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes ministers are like, I want to have a mega church because that's the end thing. Or I want to move from being an assistant director to an associate director or to the vice president because that's what's cool about this whole thing. It's not about the calling that God has. And here you have Jeremiah that goes, I don't want to do this, honestly. I know I'm a priest. I know my grandfather was a priest. I know the guy before him was a priest. But seriously, I just don't feel qualified because I don't want to go tell my own people they're not that great. So how do you tell who the who the prophet is?
1: I think my last statement was by their fruits, you know. And I'm not talking about you know they have apples and oranges <laughs> coming out, mangoes, <laughs> mangoes. durian. Mangoes got to be a real it's prophet, like, man. If you see a durian sticking out, like definitely prophet. prophet from the Philippines, you know. <laughs> um, but look, you can. It is. It is not hard to to be able to determine. A person of God. You, you said earlier, you, you know, somebody ministers to you and you're like, man, that's a life that testifies a relationship with God. Right. I think that's first and foremost. Right. If they start coming with random stuff that <laughs> prophesies about all these things, right. you know, um, let's be careful. now But let's not discredit it because what's to say that God has a, a, a very strong message for our time right now and well, somebody at, will just look at, um,
2: look at Noah you know at his time when he was talking to his people he was crazy like someone right now came to us and said oh there's going to be a huge flood get i mean it's I'm a little sure different I'm not sure he
0: was crazy because if you look at it all of them had some tie in to a previous generation so it's great their great great grandfathers were still alive so they probably knew about their, their
3: history. It's just they chose not to listen to it. It's like our generation. But it today. was
2: out of it was no, not think, it was not I think common. What you're it was not something
3: for 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 them to have never experienced rain from the sky, for him to be prophesying that this sort of thing uh, will be rain coming from the sky, are yeah. we sure? But but the but they must
0: not
1: culture or the tradition of that time, but the message was clear. Turn from your ways and turn to God. That
3: you're, is key. You're we right.
1: don't like to hear
0: the turn from our ways because we go, well, we're, we're more educated than the previous generation. Um, Jeremiah 1 17 and 19. What is the attitude of the prophetic word to us when we hear things that we don't like? Somebody want to read it?
2: Uh, Someone with a
0: big Bible? Is. Catherine?
2: <laughs> Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand up against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land.
1: So what do you get from that? Courage. in times of difficulty and challenge when you're speaking to your own
0: people it's like me going to my family and telling some of my family members and trust me there are some family members i would like to tell them that there's as long as seem to be but my mother won't let me still (laughs) uh but but, you know it's hard to do that i mean you talk about it in your own that's that's the nucleus of your church is your own family you cannot tell your own family that you know here's something that you might want to change in your life so we look at everybody else's family. It's the same way in, in, with Christians. I mean, we never, I shouldn't say we never, most times we don't talk about the th- wrongs that we do. So we pick another denomination, and somebody that wears a tall hat and says, look at that person, that person's a spawn of the devil. But we don't look at our own group and speak about that. I mean, and that's what God's calling Jeremiah to do, is look at the hypocrisy among my own chosen people.
1: You know, we have a lot of... Um individuals who are so ready to call sin by its right name. Mm -hmm. But we have so few who love first and demonstrate through their own lifestyle the way that God has called us to do. So instead of being quick also to judge others about their lifestyle and and to look at our own family, I I have some of those too. We're related to the same people. Maybe, maybe so. To be instead focused more in, How is God loving me and how can I then share that love to others? And then as a result, they will see, okay, I I need to change some of that.
0: I think that's I think that's key when you look at Jeremiah. It wasn't like Jeremiah was in your face to them. I mean, I mean some of the stuff he said was pretty strong. It was it was pretty strong, (laughs) but it wasn't like he was going there to make a point. Mm -mm. It was there to, to to do the whole loving part of this is my family, this is how God loves you. Listen to the word of the Lord. And it's key, when you were talking about prophets earlier, I think every prophet that comes along has a, a message of do not fear. God is with you. Here are the things that will happen, but God is with you. You will prevail. You will prevail, but trust in the Lord. But everybody starts freaking out, going, no, this breaks our reasoning. This isn't the way we were raised. This isn't the way we've been living. We don't want to change. You know, and that brings its own set of fears. Um, how do you, if God knows the end from the beginning, what comfort do you get? when you're in the middle of all this fear. If the church, if, if, if God were to come and change the stuff in the church today, say at a session, how, how do you find peace?
2: Well, he knows the end from the beginning and he promised us that we'll be okay. He said, I got you. So I don't think peace.
3: we can find peace in and of ourselves. So the, mm-hmm. the thing about peace, the, the, the kind of peace that you need through this kind of situation, it's consistent communication with God. You have to consist, when you know you're in a situation that you that you know God has placed you in for whether it's the good of yourself or for someone else, something that you must go through, um, I think the only way you get through that is through consistent communication with God. You have to talk yourself in conversation with God through that situation. You have to remind yourself that if this is what God has called me to do, this will turn out. In the way it needs mm-hmm. to be, I need to pray for the tenacity, for the I, for the comfort, for the peace, for me to make make it through, and and those are not easy things to do.
1: Right. I work with youth, you know. That's the context that I enjoy, just surrounding myself with, maybe because I still look like youth,
3: no, or choose to behave uh, sometimes.
1: Let's sure, go with that. Let's sure, oh. sure. go with whatever, look. Whatever I try, want. I try, yeah. but um. <laughs> A lot of young people, as they're trying to challenge to find God, base their happiness on happenings. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, no, you got to base it with joy, that inner joy that only God can give. Because, you know, if the happenings are positive, you know, they're happy. And if the happenings are negative, they're depressed. They're, you know, really sad. But if you have that inner joy, and what that means, inner joy, is that it doesn't matter what's happening around you. If you have that trust in that this time will pass. God knows the end. He's got my back. He loves me anyway, and He cares for me and will always be right there for me. Regardless of what's happening, you have that joy. And when you have that joy,
3: that's peace. So it's almost like you have to start redefining your concept of, of, of what happiness looks like. Because happiness Absolutely. is in the Savior, it's Absolutely. that joy that you have. And, and what peace. triggers that happiness? I mean, like, Mach when you said, realize kind, it, you have nothing to lose. Event. You can't let
0: your events define your happiness or your joy because those events always change. Mm-hmm. Your consistent is keeping your focus on God. Um, we we're talking about you were talking about earlier, uh, Mike, about the uh, the fact that your personal relationship with God, your communication with God. I think it's also important for us, and we we our focus in the last ten years because of, of social media. And I'm not blaming social media, but because of social media, we've become very. Uh, individualistic in how we approach almost everything. Mm-hmm. Look at my picture, look at my thing, look at my, even my intro is about my daughter, look at my mm-hmm. things, you know, or my people. Uh, but in, you look at scripture in the beginning of Jeremiah, he's c- clear on saying here is my lineage, here's the community I come from, this is how I am defining my relationship with God. And we have to move away from just saying, Mark said earlier, that God spoke to me last night, rather than t- going to an elder or going to a group of people and say God spoke to me or I think God mm. spoke to me help me recognize if this is true. Mm. And m- almost every single time that you see a prophet in scripture, they have a core group that they go to and they talk about it because it's easy for the devil right. to come in and say, "Hey, look, yeah. you know, turn this turn this this rock into bread or mm. do this and see what happens. Even Christ went through that." And unless you have that core group, it's easy to go from being a prophet to being that used car a salesmen. Yeah. and there are a lot of false prophets. There's some a lot of false ministers around. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you define? How do you figure this out? We come back to going through Scripture. Mm-hmm. But if a prophet were to tell you something that you don't like,
1: or how would you change your life? I think that's a more it? important question. Mm-hmm. If there was a prophet that came to us with a message that was real, relevant, and what we needed, and but, but we what, don't like it. How how do we prepare ourselves so that we're humble to accept that message? We A break, lot of times, the prophets they we, say you're like what? we break away and form our own church, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean that's that's. I mean, you. No, that's laugh, reality. But it that's happens. reality. It happens, you know. So I think the, the bigger thing for us to really um, work in our relationship with Jesus is, Lord, when when you fix me, mm-hmm. help me be ready. Prepare me. Prepare, prepare me. me. Mess me up. So, I am ready to be formed the way you had designed me to be.
0: Oh, nice tie into the clay in the pot. We're coming to that later on in the study. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, this, I'm looking forward to the study. I'm, I will be watching this because this was a fun one to prepare for. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschoolu.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Falfer Fowler.